You're listening to the weekly podcast of City Church Orlando, located just off of 1792 at 650 Airport Boulevard in Sanford, Florida. Our website, orlandocitychurch.com. Today, lead pastor Eugene Smith will be focusing on the heart. God is working in each of us to mold us into something beautiful. With God shaping us, we have an incredible future in God. Today's message is entitled, How's Your Heart? We're in a series that we started last week entitled, Shape. What's my shape? What's my shape? How is your heart today? The first, last week we talked about the spiritual, the supernatural, the Holy Spirit working in you and the work that He desires to do and fill in you. Today I'm going to talk about your heart. We're going to look at the natural heart. Heart's a fascinating thing, obviously. You got no heart, you got no life. Uh, the heart, if you are an, an average size adult, you take your fist, take your fist like that, okay, and you make two of those, and that's the size of your heart. That's the size of your heart. And we think, you know, our heart's over here, but really your heart's kind of in the center of your chest, and part of it's over on the left side there. But the heart, it beats over 100,000 times a day. 100,000 times a day it beats. It, uh, in your lifetime, in your lifetime, over, it'll pump over a million barrels of blood. A million barrels of blood, which is three, you know, the super tankers that haul the oil, the oil that they were supposed to put in a super tanker instead of all over the ocean that's going all over the world now. Uh, you know, three of those super tankers, those huge ocean super tankers, in your lifetime, that's how much blood your heart will pump. 100,000 beats a day, 100,000 beats a day. Heart's a big deal. Everyone say a big deal. And the condition of your heart is a big, big deal. We're going to look at a couple of verses today. I'm going to talk about the shape of your heart. How is your heart today? Luke chapter 6, verse number 45. Luke chapter 6, verse number 45. It'll be up on your screen. Also, we have handouts. How many of you here today did not get a handout? You slipped in without getting a handout? Oh, we got some help. I need some leaders to help. Jump up real quick, please. I need some leaders to help. We got one person. We got hands up all over. I appreciate that. Thank you. Luke chapter 6, beginning with verse number 45. And the Bible says, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. Everyone says good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Now, Psalm chapter 51, verse number 10. Psalm chapter 51, verse number 10. David said, created me a pure heart. Everyone say pure heart. King James says, clean heart. Created me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Father, in these next few moments, I pray the power of your Holy Spirit again will quicken, awaken, energize. Don't let anyone fall asleep. Help them stay awake all the way through. God, we want your presence to change us today. God, we thank you that our hearts today, we can get a heart checkup. God, we can get a heart checkup today in your wonderful name. Amen. Shape, spiritual, supernatural gifts of God released. Hearts fully yielded to the plans and purposes of God. Attitudes. Next week, we're going to talk about attitudes, genuine attitudes of faith, how to have the right attitude, how to have the right attitude to become the man of God or the woman of God. 
prayer that releases the supernatural power and excellence in our generosity. Heart's a big deal. Heart's, your heart beats like this. Love, dub, love, dub, love, dub, love, dub. Come on, let me say love, dub, love, dub, love, dub, love, dub. See, when, the, when you go to the doctor, it puts out the nurse, they put the step, they're listening for a sound. Love, dub, love, dub. You know what that is? Those are your valves that are opening and shutting. That's exactly what it is. You have an aorta, you get this super large valve. It's the size of a garden hose. You got four valves, four valves. Your heart's, you know, broken up in four parts. And it's really fascinating in the Bible when you study the Bible. All the mentions of the word heart. Just do a Google search, or if you use a Bible program like Uversion or Olive Tree or Logos or PC Bible Study or or the Blue Letter Bible. Anybody use Blue Letter Bible on the internet? Blue Letter Bible. It's a great little Bible program. It's free. Just look up, just type in the word heart and see how many times the word heart is used. And the Hebrew, the word is lebda. Everyone say lebda. And the Hebrew, the Hebrew word is used over a thousand times. New Testament, the word is cardia. The word cardia is used over 500 times in the Greek in the New Testament. Big deal to God. Anything that's mentioned that many times, big deal to God. The heart, the heart is your most vital organ. And if your heart gets diseased, you have the potential to die prematurely. Number one premature cause of death in America, number one uh, premature cause of death in America is heart attacks, heart disease. The, The health of the human heart is strongly determined by several factors, several factors. Because right, heart disease in America, I looked up some statistics, heart disease, every 34 seconds in America, someone dies as a result of heart disease. Every 20 seconds in America, someone has a heart attack. Every 20 seconds. So we've had how many minutes in the service already? Heart attacks happening all across America. Every 33 seconds, somebody, a person dies from cardiovascular disease on their way to the hospital. And, and men suffer heart attacks about 10 years earlier in life than women do. And here's a fact for everyone to know. Eventually, 100% of people will die because their heart stops working. Right? I mean, we're all going to die because your heart gives up the ghost. Your heart says, I'm done. You see, there are factors that contribute to heart disease in your life. One of the factors that contributes to heart disease, a common factor, is people are born with a defective heart. My grandmother was born with a hole in her heart. She lived to the age of 94. Amazing. Wasn't supposed to live that long, but she did some things to counteract it. But she was born with a defective heart. Instead of lubda, 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 hers went lubda, lubda, lubda. I mean, it was just, it had an, she had an irregular heartbeat. It fluttered. It just, she lived her whole life with it. Obesity. Being overweight, it'll directly affect your heart. High blood pressure, lack of mobility, lack of exercise, diabetes, smoking. Everyone's smoking. Everyone say, no smoky. No smoky. Don't smoky. Bad for you. Now listen, it ain't, you know, I always tell people, smoking won't send you to hell. It'll just make you smell like it. You know, come on. But it's just bad for you. It's just, you know. You know that. they got big old skull and crossbone on the side of the 
package that you buy. They charge you five bucks a pack. Still smoke. Got to have my smokies. Alcohol, drug abuse, stress, all contributing factors to heart disease in our lives. But the fact is, 100% of us, our hearts are going to stop working. In the Bible, in the Bible, the heart is used over and over and over again. And the, heart, the way that the heart is spoken of, yet the heart is talking about, you know, there's the physical human heart. But the heart usually in the Bible is used in one of three ways. Emotions. Everyone say emotions. Feelings. We love something. We love it from our heart. Love the Lord your God with all your what? Heart. We hate things from our heart. You know, in the Bible, just like in our human experience, think of all the songs that were written about the heart. My achy, breaky heart. Don't go breaking my heart. I wouldn't if I tried. Come on. All the songs that are written about the heart. Feelings and emotions. Joy, sorrow. In the Bible, the thinking process is associated with the heart. As a man thinketh in his way. As a man thinketh in his what? In his heart, so is he. The mind. It, it, many times in, in our concept, the mind, the will, and the emotions are associated with our heart. We think from our heart. We, we get it from our heart, our purpose. We make a decision from our heart. The will of the heart. We, we steal our will, our heart, to do something. These are all activities that the Scripture clearly defines. We also see in the Bible that the heart clearly defines the character of a man or of a woman. Pure, created me a clean heart, a pure heart, the character of an individual. He had an evil heart. Genesis chapter 6, God looked on the face of the earth and he saw that the intentions of men, other hearts were wicked. They had a wicked heart or an evil heart. Paul the Apostle said in the last days, we will live in a wicked generation. Wicked generation. There's a church in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they do once or twice a year, they do a thing called Porn Sunday, where they address the issue of pornography. I was talking to my wife about it. They were, I was watching this video of this service online, and they were talking about how pornography has affected uh, not just America, but the world. 40% of all web traffic is pornography. And they're talking about the dopamines and how basically it's like crack cocaine to the spiritual man. You just... You, once you take one click, you're just stuck in it. And talk about all the effects of pornography and how many women are involved in it. And it's a big deal. It's a big deal. We live in a wicked and perverse generation. It wants to suck you into its web, trip you up, get you all wrong view about sexuality and who God is and your purpose in your life. And then you grovel because you're defeated. And, but the fact is, the fact is, we live in a generation. We're bombarded with it. Television. Things on television. I talked to a pastor the other day that's from Europe. He said, in Europe, after 9 o'clock, they can show anything on TV. You know, we still got some, not much. You know, if you got cable, you can watch anything. But, you know, on, pub, on public television, there's some, not many, there's some. Why? We live in a wicked and perverse generation. Human sexuality is so messed up. People are so broken. We never talk about the realities, the issues of broken lives, broken marriages, sexual addictions, all those kinds of things that are a direct result of it, but we're focused on ourselves and our own pleasure. You see, the true character of an individual is reflected in their heart. We speak acts from the heart. We experience Christ and His reality from our heart. One of my favorite characters in the Bible 
is a guy by the name of David. I want you to look at Acts chapter 13, Acts chapter 13, verse number 22. Acts chapter 13, verse number 22. I'm going to read this in the NIV. I think I also have this verse there in your notes. Acts chapter 13, verse number 22. And the Bible says, And when he, God, removed Saul, him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. A man after my own heart, who will do all my will. David, the son of Jesse. David is an interesting character in the Bible. Because David's life, David's life was lived passionately. And we have his life written on the pages of human history. He's probably one of the most talked about, one of the most quoted, one of the most popular figures in all of human history. To this day, people still know the name David. David, we still name our children David. King David in Jewish history is still the, the most famous king that they ever had. He penned these words in the Psalms. He said, create in me a clean heart or a pure heart. You know why he wrote that? Because David goofed up. He didn't just goof up. David sinned. David got stuck. David had a huge moral failure in his life. And it brought shame. It brought reproach. And David understood the need for God. Create in me a, a clean heart of God. But he writes these words. And we fast forward to the New Testament and it says that God looks at David, and he sees a man after God's heart. Listen, he sees a man. You've got to hear this today. He sees a man after, yeah, he failed, but God still saw something in him. God saw a man after his own heart. How many of you are on Facebook? Anybody on Facebook? Okay, here's the deal. I, you guys know on Facebook, when you're in a relationship, you can put married, single, or or what? Complicated. True. That's exactly. They got three categories on Facebook. Every once in a while, I'll see someone that I know, and their marital status, and it, you know, they get the little button that pops up. You get the little red thing that pops up over there, and the marital, it'll, you know, you'll click on it, and it'll say change marital status, and uh, it'll say they went from being married to what? It's complicated. Can we get real here? Can we get real? Can we just kind of like, let's just lay it out. You know what? Life is complicated. Do you know that I am complicated? Do you know that you are really complicated? It's complicated. I got a few thoughts. I just, I wrote this down. The human heart is complicated. Isaiah says, we all like sheep have gone astray. We've all sinned and fallen short of his goodness. Therefore, we must recognize the need for a renewed heart of God's grace every day. Yes, we are men and women after God's own heart, but sometimes we lie to one another. Yes, we are men and women after God's own heart, but sometimes we find ourselves hating someone. Yes, we are men and women after God's own heart, but we sometimes find ourselves stealing from others. Now, not everyone, I'm just saying, this happens among believers. Yes, we are men and women after God's own heart, but sometimes we find ourselves backbiting, gossiping, or maybe cheating someone. Yes, we are men and women after God's own heart, but maybe we have found ourselves committing adultery or fornication. Yes, we are men and women after God's own heart, but maybe we find ourselves struggling with homosexuality. Yes, we are men and women after God's own heart, but maybe we struggle with gossiping and killing other people with our tongues. 
Yes, we are men and women after God's own heart, but we find ourselves robbing God in paying our tithe and of our offerings. Yes, we are men and women after God's own heart, but we find ourselves robbing God of faithful service, worship, and praise. Look at this text in Isaiah, uh, in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart of God. David knew the need to have a clean heart. How is your heart today? See, here's the deal with the heart. The heart, the heart is a very, very, very interesting thing. If you are going to get your heart right with God, you've got to recognize something. You've got to recognize the spiritual tendency to sin in you. You've got to recognize the spiritual tendency to sin in you. Now, on my way to church today, we've got a plant that's growing. It's not by the front door. It's, it's by the garage. And uh, it's in a pot. And it's just a little bit taller than this weed. I don't, I don't even know what this is. It's got a Florida reed, grass, right? How long do you think it's been growing? A week? No, longer than that. How much? Four months. Somebody over here, an expert, tell me four months, okay? I'll take that one. It's four months. This, this piece of grass wasn't supposed to be in that pot. You know that? It's a big pot. It's got a nice bush in it. This, my wife, was, she's just walking by, walking out the door, and she says, wow, look at that. She walks over and she pulls this thing out. I said, wow, that's a big weed. You know what happened if we would have just left this big piece of grass in there? It would have grown another one and another one. And if we would have touched it before you know it, that, that pot would be full of grass. And that beautiful bush inside of there, it would be all choked out, scrawny. As a matter of fact, it would start to get sickly. And it might even be, begin to die. You could, after a while, we got a bush over on the side of the house that the grass just like this is growing up through. You can't even separate them. If you start to pull the grass out now, because the roots are all intertwined in it, if you start to pull the grass out now, you pull the whole shrub out. It's worthless. It's shot. You see, it's just like your human heart. Your human heart is complicated. Yes, if you're a Christian today, you're forgiven, you're born again, the grace of God is available, but you have a complicated life. Because you have a war within. You have a battle within. How's the condition of your heart today? How is the condition of your heart today? Well, first you've got to recognize, if you're going to get your heart right with God, you've got to recognize spiritual heart disease. You've got to recognize the symptoms of spiritual heart disease. We're born into sin. We've already acknowledged that. We understand that. One of, the, one, of the, one of the things that I notice, one of the things that I notice in my life, one of the, one of the ways that I know that my heart's starting to get a, a, a plant or a weed growing up in it or disease is that I have all intake. In other words, I go to church, I get my little portion, I do my little bit, but I'm not giving back. I'm not really doing what God created me to be. A lot of people go to church, especially people who've been around the church for a long time, and they say, well, I did that. I tried that. You know, they, they don't have their place. They talk about what they used to do rather than what God is doing and flowing through them. A carnality. Carnal Christians. Those, it's like two words that don't go together. Military intelligence and jumbo shrimp. You know what I mean? They don't go together. Carnal Christianity. It doesn't go together. It's not supposed to be that way. But all kinds of people live carnal Christian lives and they wonder why it's not working. Why they're frustrated. Why it does, it's hard. It's difficult. You get wrong priorities. 
get focused on the things of earth. Get the wrong priorities in your life. Got to be religious. There's a lot of people who get really religious. They walk into the door of the church, it's like, man, bam, this mask come on. You know, one of the coolest things is when you get into a small group, like in a home, and just everybody's got their mask off, and they're really real, they can just talk. You know, that to me, that's like the authentic, genuine Christianity. We're trying to get that on a Sunday morning, but it's pretty tough. When the spectator kind of thing, when you're looking this way, and there's very little interaction. You know, it's being authentic. It's getting nitty-gritty because it's complicated for everybody in this room. Every person in this room has something that they're dealing with. A critical spirit. One of the greatest indications to me that a person has really bad heart disease going on is they got a really critical spirit. They're critical of everybody. They're critical. You go on the Internet and they're critical of every Any pastor that's doing anything, any ministry that's touching people's lives, anybody, anybody, I don't care what their flavor is, people are criticizing them. Anybody that's in leadership. I don't care who the president is. It's just a matter of time before they're going to be criticized. And people will be very critical. They can't do it right. Of course, all the people are criticizing. Couldn't even, don't have any, an idea. Couldn't do it. But they're critical. It's an indication that you've got heart disease. Heart symptoms. So the heart that's yielded, the heart that's yielded to God, willing to do the will of God, recognizes this. So how do you keep your heart in shape? How do you keep your heart in shape? You've got to take inventory. You have to take inventory of your life. You have to do it. Everyone say God's part. Everyone say my part. Okay. You have to take inventory of your life. I took inventory of my life. And in January this year, we did a program called 50 Days to Fitness. It wasn't just for you. It was for me. I went to the doctor. I was at the age of 46. I don't like doctors. I, don't, I mean, I like them as people, but I don't like to go to the doctor. I mean, I got to be really, really, really sick to go to the doctor. I don't like to go to a doctor because doctors to me are associated with? Yeah, no, yeah, money. Pain. Either way, it's pain. It's pain here, here, you know, somewhere. It's pain. Years ago, I was, got really, really sick, really sick. My wife and I were on a trip at a pastor's conference, and I got really sick. And my mom was still alive. That's how long it was. My mom calls. My wife says, I had a dream. You better take Junior to the hospital because if he doesn't go to the hospital, I think he's going to die. Well, you know, I don't know about that, but I was really sick. And so I finally went to the hospital. And when I went to the hospital, they immediately had to give me these breathing treatments because my breathing capacity had gone down to 15%. You know, 15, you're supposed to, at 100, 15%. So I wasn't breathing very well. I had double pneumonia, walking pneumonia, whatever they call it. I was really sick. And, uh, but a couple of years ago, I decided to do you know, inventory. So I went to the doctor, and I found out what my BMI is. You know what your BMI is? Anybody know what their BMI is? Okay. Well, if you don't know what your BMI is, you need to go find out what your BMI is. That's your body mass index. You need to find, I found out what my body mass index is. I never had any, I mean, I had blood taken, but I know I hated getting my I hated the first time I ever in my life tried to give blood, I passed out. So blood giving to me, I mean, they pricked my finger, bam, I'm out in the middle of the floor. So that to me wasn't good. But I decided I was going to give blood, and then I got all my vitals, found out what my cholesterol level was, my good cholesterol, my bad cholesterol. I found out what my blood pressure was. 
I just I did what I was supposed to do. I found it up. And I found out that I was doing pretty good. I was doing pretty good, but there's a couple areas and you know, a couple areas they want me to work on. And and so I made a decision at the beginning of this year that I was going to change the way that I thought. Change the way that I thought about food. Change the way that I thought about my physical body. Therefore, I committed myself to changing the way the kinds of food that I ate and the way that I ate. I completely changed. I changed my lifestyle. I'm not a religious nut on, on health foods now, but I really consciously changed the way that I live my life. And it's affected me. It's affected the way that I live. It's affected the way that I feel. You see, I had to take inventory of my own life. See, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God will help you do inventory. The Holy Spirit that lives in you is a convictor. He's also your comforter. You see, God has done His part. God said, from the beginning of time, almost sent my son Jesus, who is me, God in the flesh, to come live among man. God in the flesh, in the person of Jesus, lived among us. And he was perfect. He was God. He could never sin. He was perfect in every The God who made, the God who spoke. In the beginning was the Word. That God, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word was with God. The very beginning, that God lived on earth in the form of human man. He never sinned. But he said this, hey guys, I've got to go away. I've got to go back. I'm going to prepare a place for you where you're going to live forever. But when I go back, I'm going to leave my spirit. Just like you told Moses, I'll never leave you. God said, I'll never leave you. Thus, when you become a Christian, when you become born again, the same spirit of God, the Christ, the hope of glory, that spirit of God lives in you. And when you start to ask God to search your heart, he starts to show you. you know, one of the ways that I know the spiritual disease is happening to me personally is I start to get easily irritated. I'm, yesterday I'm doing really good. Can we have like a, a truth moment here? Just come in real, let me tell you what I did. I mean, just, this is how we, we're humans, right? It's complicated. We're doing really good. I'm reading my Bible. Like I'm reading all these verses on the heart. I'm praying, just really in, enjoying God's presence in my bedroom. And I get a telephone call from the bank. And uh, it's regarding a property that my wife and I own and the person that lives there. And the mortgage isn't late. It's got till the 15th, but they're wanting to make sure. It's never been late. We've owned the house for three years. We've never been late on a mortgage, but it's not due to the 15th. Yesterday's the 12th. The bank's calling just to make sure that the money's going to be in there on the 15th. Oh, it's just, it's really, I got a phone call. I'm like, and so I'm a little bit irritated. I'm like irritated. I'm easily irritated. And I start to like banter with the girl on the other. Like, you know, she's just doing her job, right? And then I said, that's really dumb. And I hung up the phone. And then I got off the phone. I'm like, ay, ay, ay. No good. Oh, God. Now, how are you going to call that person, you know, that a call center? But you know what I mean? Come on. We're, it's complicated. Right? God created me a clean heart. We need God's spirit and power every single day. Let me give you some habits real quick. Let me give you some habits that will help you live this life. Some habits that will help you to have a healthy heart. Number one, honor God. Honor God. Focus on honoring God in every area of your life. Focus on honoring God in every, every area of your life. I got some verses there. Prayer, Bible reading, church attendance, giving, serving. 
You know, some of you have been Christians for 20 years, and you've never discipled another person. That's a problem. Jesus said to the disciples, go and make disciples. You've been a Christian for 40 years, and you've never discipled anybody, or you're not currently involved in helping somebody else grow in their Christian faith. That's a problem. You have a spiritual problem. You're missing it. You've got to honor God. Honor God, focusing on spiritual disciplines. Everyone say spiritual disciplines. Discipline will determine your greatness in life. Listen to me. You've got to hear this. Discipline will determine your greatness in life. Everything you succeed at in life came because you disciplined yourself. You are the world's best toothbrush brusher. Because you discipline yourself to brush your teeth. Junior, did you brush your teeth? Uh, I ate an apple before I went to bed. No, get up. Go brush your teeth. Right? Come on. Learn how to ride a bike. How'd you ride a bike? Somebody stuck you on a bike. You know, I, I grew up in the day before training wheels. They didn't have training wheels. I remember it, man. Little bike. And I lived in Arizona, so we had real hills. Not these overpasses. I mean, we had real hills. Every street, you know, up and down, and this kid stuck me. A seven-year-old kid, I was five years old, stuck me on a bike, and he pushed me down the hill. Here you go, baby. Oh, you know, and I like, I give a halfway down, and you're doing this, and bam, I'm over on the ground. And, but I can't cry because, you know, not cool, but I want to cry so bad. What did I do? Yesterday, I rode my bike around the neighborhood. I went down to the end, I got on the grass, and I rode around the retention pond looking to see if I could see any gators. And... I, you know, I never had the thought, you know, I wonder if I'm going to fall off the bike and a gator is going to come get me. No, man, because I rode my bike all over the place. I got 41 years of bike riding behind me. I don't have to get on a bike for three years and I can just pick it up like I did it yesterday. Why? Because it was a habit. I did it all the time. Good habits, bad habits. About 30 days to develop a habit. You want to change the way you eat? You want to start to lose weight? Just change the way you eat. Just eat less. How about that one? Just eat the same things. There's a guy on the internet that says you can eat whatever you want. You just got to eat less. It's like one day he's got you eat like six bomba. I don't know. You know, it's crazy. Like I don't recommend that kind of diet. But if you just change the way you eat, you will lose weight. It's a, it's a promise. It's not, it's not really like, you know, I'm making this up. But habits are developed over a 30-day process, good habits and bad habits. So you develop this process of spiritual habits, going to church. Everyone say, going to church. I worship God. I ain't just going to church. I'm worshiping God. I'm experiencing God. I'm giving. When you start to give, when you start to give, your life starts to grow. It's a spiritual discipline, act of worship. Act of worship. I drank water every day. Yesterday, in the prayer meeting, I drank two 16-ounce waters, and I couldn't wait to go back to my office and get another water. Because I drink over a gallon of water a day now. I crave it. It's a habit. It's a habit. Number two, monitor your attitudes and actions. Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Above all. Everyone say above all. Guard your heart. Your attitudes. You got a negative thought. You got an evil thought. You got a perverted thought. You got a lustful thought. You got an addictive thought. You got a bad thought. You got an angry thought. You got a hateful thought. I just told you what I didn't do yesterday. I had a bad thought, and I opened my mouth when I should have shut it. And then I have to ask God to forgive me 
You know, just because immediately you know. You know. When I have a challenging thought coming to my life, I'm the only one that can take captive of it. I take captive because the Word of God says that I can take captive of every vain thought and wicked imagination by the pulling down of strongholds that are mighty through God. See, the Holy Spirit is in you. He hasn't left you alone. He's there with you. It's His power. Now listen, I'm winning more than I'm losing. I, I share with you a moment like that, but I generally don't do that. The reason I do that is because I generally don't do that to people. I'm generally kind on the phone, but I made a mistake. I sinned. I had a wrong attitude yesterday. Make the being of your life a priority. Make the being of your life a priority before doing. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect His real will really is. Don't do it. Let God transform you into a new person. Your being. It's being healthy before you do. You are healthy, happy, whole. I tell myself this all the time. I'm healthy, happy, holy, humble, faithful, because I don't always feel that way. Right? Fun-loving, born-again Christian. I know that part. I'm saved. But I make that declaration. That's my being. Now, my, my mission in life is to bring God's love to the city. But the vision that God has for me is abundant life. My being is is the most important. I must be before I ever do. For those of you that are in ministry, this is really important. If you are serving God in a local church and you're actively involved in working and trying to work, this is so important to you because it's a real challenge. You can be so focused on the doing that you forget about the being. So be who God created you to be. That's a worshiper of Him. How do you let God transform us? Don't ignore early signs of spiritual sickness or disease. Don't ignore early signs of spiritual sickness or disease. James 1 says, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. One of the early indicators of a heart that's getting sick is the mouth and the words that we use. Easily irritated, complaining spirit, negative attitude. If we fail to deal with the early warning signs of spiritual disease, it'll destroy our life. Embrace trials as a means to strengthen your heart. Embrace trials as a means to strengthen your heart. Listen, you got to get this. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us learn to endure. And endurance develops strength of character in us. And character strengthens our confident expectation of salvation. And this expectation will not disappoint. Everyone say, not disappoint. For we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Embrace trials. I watched a story this week. A guy, dad was a doctor, exercised faithfully, had a good healthy diet, had a heart attack. This is a true story. This happened. He said, I was driving down the road and I had a whiteout. You know, it just it turned white on me. And he said, I realized that something was happening. I didn't know what it was. And so I tried to pull over to the side of the road. And he said, I said, I better get up on the sidewalk. And he said, as I, he started to pull over the side of the road, he said he blacked out. He said the moment that he blacked out, his foot went all the way to the pedal. His pedal to the metal, and it just lurched his car forward. He careened into a tree. He veered off the tree. He shot across four lanes of traffic, and he hit the rear end of a dump truck head on. Bam! He hit the rear end, and his foot still full pedal, 
all the way on the pedal. And he said the moment that he hit that dump truck, the airbag exploded and hit the front of his chest. That's not the end of the story. He hits the front of his chest, and his car veers off, crosses across traffic again, slams into another vehicle. But there was a blood clot that was lodged in an artery in his heart. And the moment that that airbag went off, listen to me, the moment that that airbag went off, it loosened, it did something, and it dislodged that, that, uh, that blood clot. And the only reason that he lived is because he had a heart attack and had an accident. Only reason. Because if that, if that airbag would have hit his chest, that blood clot would have stayed there and he would have died. He would have died. He would have cut off the flow, the blood. The valve would have shut, would have shut off the flow of blood to his heart. His heart would have stopped pumping and would have died. The only reason he lived is because he had a heart attack, which caused him to have a crash, which caused the airbag to pop, hit him in the heart, and dislodge that blood vessel, that, that blood clot that was in his artery. Wow. You see... When you get God's perspective on trials, sometimes it's the trials of your life that dislodge. You see, you can't see inside your heart. But inside of your heart, these arteries, they're supposed to be smooth. But because of plaque and buildup and bad diet and hereditary and all these different things, this calcium, these different deposits start to build up inside of there and it starts to restrict the blood flow. And then all of a sudden, the blood flow gets so tight that you have a heart attack. See, and God, you have sickness in your life. You have carnality in your life. You have lust in your life. You have problems in your life. You have unbelief in your life. You have doubt in your life. You have fear in your life. And the blood flow of God's Spirit starts to get constricted in your heart. And all of a sudden, bam, God allows a trial to come. And it dislodges that blood clot. And boy, you wake up. Oh, God, I need you. Oh, God, I need you. See, the Holy Spirit is your source for supernatural spiritual renewal. Galatians 5, since this is the kind of life we have chosen to live, life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold this idea in our heads. The Christian life isn't just an idea in your head. It's a state of being in the way that you live. It's not just an idea in your head or some good warm sentiment. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card, I'm going to heaven, I pass, go. No. It's the way that we live. But the Holy Spirit works out every implication, every detail of our life. He's your source. How do we do that? Paul the Apostle said it like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. How do we get our heart in shape? How do we keep a healthy heart? When we have trials and tribulations, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known by all. The Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious. Don't be fearful. Don't worry. But listen, pray, supplication, request, praise, prayer, worship. You see, when men and women begin to worship God, I don't know what happened. I don't know who it was. But in this last service, somebody was up here. I didn't even see who it was. But the Holy Spirit was touching them. And they left tear stains right here. So that's a tear stain that God saw. I don't know what's happening in their life. God saw that tear stain. You know the Bible says that he bottles up every tear. And it's, it's a beautiful sacrifice to him. That tear right there, right there, that tear was precious to God. That was a beautiful tear. 
The Holy Spirit is here right now. Thanks for listening to this message, How's Your Heart? with Lead Pastor Eugene Smith. For service times and more information about City Church Orlando, please visit our website anytime at orlandocitychurch.com or call 407 321 9600.